I'm going to pivot right now because we had some great conversations earlier today as uh, as we were out um, at really at, at an amazing community event. It's the great check presentation for Erie Gives by the Erie Community Foundation. The mayor was there, um, Gary Lee representing the county executive, and of course, you know, uh, the head of Erie Insurance, Tom uh, Tim DeCastro, and in uh, Mike Bachelor and Aaron Fessler. Let's start with Aaron, as uh, you know, because it, you know, we have this kind of special connection here on the Joel Natale show with Erie Gives, as we were able to broadcast from there from three to six. Uh, on Erie Gives Day on August 13th, when we left them, they were knocking on the door of four million, and uh, you know, and five million was within the eyesight. And so let's let's hear uh, let's hear an Aaron Fessler. Okay, Aaron Fessler, Vice President of Community Outreach for the Erie Community Foundation. So, Aaron, uh, last time we were here, uh, you you raised about a million dollars in three hours. You capped it off with 5.5 million. What's, what's your takeaway? We broke all records this year with Erie Gives, which is amazing. But it also speaks volumes to our community and what our community is all about. And you could see people coming by with their checks and wanting to give. And every little gift mattered. And they started at $25 and went up to $125,000. And when you look at the breadth of how many checks and gifts were made, it really says so much and how far we've come from the first time we did this nine years ago. And so next year's our 10th year anniversary. And we're excited to do it again. Sorry. The nonprofits are, are, are being smarter about activating their base, getting people excited. But what about the emotion of the week? How, how do you think that played into the context of kind of facing tragedy with generosity? So the, the day before Erie Gives started was the tragic fire where five children were lost. And it's heartbreaking. I have a hard time talking about it. It chokes me up every time. And when you look at how the community came together and 680 people gave just for that cause alone to give back to those those kids and those families and to they're going to be memorialized and the survivors are going to be given counseling and it just really says a lot about what we are doing and it makes me feel good to work at the Erie Community Foundation because the words Erie and community are in the name of where I work and you can see it. You see it every day when you see donors giving back. And we build endowments for perpetuity. So this is the one day where people gave to their favorite nonprofits. And this is the one day that the Erie Community Foundation did fundraising. But this, normally we're building endowments so that donors can give to their favorite nonprofits forever. And that is like, we've been around since 1935. And so people who were born in the 30s were thinking of us. Yeah. And so we're born today and we're thinking of our future and our great, great grandkids. So that's what it's all about. All right. So, so the, the, uh, the next steps, and I'll let you go, the, the idea of, um, you know, next year and now have you already thought about a goal of going over six million or I mean, how, you know, I mean, what's out there? So we're really excited. We never know. I, I, I said to our board back in March, I don't know how Erie Gives will go because it's gone up by half a million every year, except for last year. It plateaued. It plateaued with about a $40,000 increase, which was still great. Last year, we raised $4.4 million, So I had no idea what this year was going to bring. And then for us to add $5.5 million to the nonprofit sector in one day really says something. So I have no idea what next year will bring. It's really up to the Erie community and like the charities that pull on their heartstrings and say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is our mission. We're helping the hungry, the homeless, the helpless. We're giving them not a handout, but a hand up. We're trying to make everyone's lives better. And I think when you recognize what the nonprofits are doing in our town, it, it's, 
it makes you want to give. It makes you want to be a part of it. And so we're hoping that next year is bigger and better. But, you know, there's other communities across the country. Their give stays failed, mm. but not Erie's. And, I mean, for us to be going on to our 10th year of doing an Erie Gives Day really says a lot um, because they fizzled out across the country. Erie's different. We're in a time of great excitement and great change and transformation. And you can see it. There's cranes now in Erie. There's buildings going up. There's um, causes being met. There's... Um, just an excitement that's happening. Young people are coming back. They're finding jobs. Um, and there's jobs that are, like, cybersecurity is really big. Right. 20 right. years ago, we didn't have all this cybersecurity. And those are jobs that are coming to Erie. Well, and, and again, I think a day like today, nobody wants to miss out. Like Mike says, why would you want to give on the 14th? Right. It, it, but the other thing of, of, of collectively working toward the common good. That's right. And we have to thank our corporate sponsors for providing the $295,000 prorated match pool. Um, that is just a little extra incentive. But I really think it's the bandwagon, the community spirit that makes Erie Gives so successful. Um, but if we didn't have that corporate prorated match, I'm not sure it would be as successful as it, as it is. So we, we are so thankful for, for the big gifts that come through Erie Gives. Thanks so much, Erin Fessler. I appreciate it. So she's excited. I mean, it, it was it was a f- uh, exciting day. Uh, another conversation that we had was with Tracy Daly of Emma's Footprints. Let's listen to them. All right, we have Tracy Daly from Emma's Footprints. Now, talk about how uh, important Erie Gives Day is to kind of the overall, you know, sustainability of Emma's Footprints. Uh, it's a really important day. Um, it's it's great that the Erie Community Foundation has has thought of this uh, this day for the community and kind of. To see it grow over the last couple of years, um, we got a, a very big check this year, uh, the biggest to date, and you know it, ha- it allows us to say yes to every grieving family that calls us. Wow. Wow. And again, uh, remind folks what your mission is, and and you know, and what kind of difference maker you're trying to be. So we provide financial assistance, compassionate guidance, and emotional resources to families that have experienced a pregnancy or infant loss. So the money will, uh, when the family calls us after they get that um, tragic news that their baby uh, has died, we help to pay for the funerals, the cremations, headstones, and counseling, and just walk beside the families on their grief journey. What about getting, uh, I, I, I feel like it's a, Erie Gives is a great way to get more people involved. Were, were there some new names or some, like did the numbers surprise you with the number of donations to Emma's Footprints? Uh, yeah, always. So this year, because, because there's almost 400 nonprofits that participate in this, we have to get creative. Yeah. Um, because our mission is so heavy also, when you tell people what you do, it's not... Um, you know, it's not happy. It's, it's not bunnies. Yeah, it's not bunnies. It's not, you know, cute dogs. Um, so we kind of have to get creative. And we came up with some challenges this year. And at my, different milestones, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, we completed challenges. And at the $20,000 mark, when we hit that, uh, which we didn't hit last year, um, I and my, my director of bereavement, we got tattoos. <laughs> to, um, yeah, so my first tattoo, I got my daughter's name, Emma, and she got her daughter, Aubrey's initials and a dragonfly, um, but it's it's amazing to see that the community, you know, helps support us and it gets our mission out there. Also, it's just uh, a wonderful day that is just so many great things that happen. Part of the the larger part of the community, you know. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thanks, Joel. 
Greg, uh, they're 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 terrific people, and I and I love their team over there. A lot of volunteers, and uh, you know, um, they're making it happen. Uh, we talked to uh, Paul Rankin. He is a vice president um, with the Country Fair uh, Corporation, and uh, uh, let me see. His title is uh, you know retail marketing, and you know um, the two days after the the fire. Country, you know, and it was on Erie Gives, Gives Day. Country Fair did a uh, fundraiser where every, uh, all the proceeds from selling coffee on that Tuesday, and believe me, at all the country fairs, they sell a lot of coffee. Well, they raised over $80,000. Let's hear the story with uh, Paul Rankin. I've got Paul Rankin from Country Fair. On the same day as Erie Gives, you were doing a special uh, coffee event. Talk about it. You know, it's a really a tribute to one of our team members, Luther Jones, who lost three children in this. And our 1,400 other team members came together. We uh, basically gave coffee. We had a found place where you could leave uh, donations. And in one day, we raised $81,510.28. And what is more important, we want to make sure that every penny of that goes back to the community. So we've been able to work with the Erie Community Foundation, Hammett Health, to put it together to have a fund, which we only want to help the victims. We want to help the people that are in the emergency services that they have that are involved with it. But more so, we want to see if we can get a lasting deal to have fire protection and to have this happen throughout the community. Uh, the, the, the rise to the challenge came quickly. I mean, again, corporate wheels don't usually turn that quickly. What, what, was, what was the difference maker this time? You know, the difference maker was Luther. Luther was just part of our team, and the team members wanted to come together and to do something that would have effect. That's what made this happen. And to be able to communicate that across your region, your, your footprint, and then just people respond. I mean, we saw the, 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 the social media of you know, somebody buying 120 coffees or what have you and paying it forward. That had to be special for your team. You know, it was. I met mean, at 240,000 Facebook hits in one day. We had comments from people from each coast that had eerie roots a little bit that were coming together with the whole thing. It was phenomenal the whole way. This talks about the community. It talks about how everybody here really believes in helping one another. And, and really, those, 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 that's some serious dollars that were raised that can make a major impact. You know, we want to do something, first of all, just to deal with the grief of the victims, but more so, we want to do something that has a long-term impact. It can do something here for the community as we go forward. This will. Thank you so much, Paul. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Got you. It. One more conversation that we have from the Erie Gives check presentation uh, this morning, and that was with Boo Haggerty of the Hammett Health Foundation, and uh, uh, he shares his story. We have uh, Boo Haggerty from the Hammett Health Foundation. Boo, uh, something amazing happened on that Tuesday of Erie Gives. Talk about it. Yeah, um, when nearly 700 people in the community reach out to want to help um, the families um, who are the really the victims of this tragic fire we had a couple weeks ago, um, it was really moving. And, and I can tell you, in meeting with the families thus far, um, this outpouring of love is helping them heal. And that's what we talked about with them: is how do you know how do we help heal your hearts? You know, um, and it's not about money. You know, it's really about what that money is going to do to really make sure a tragedy like this never happens again and to help those families rebuild their lives. Um, but Erie Gives is a phenomenal thing, and I think we took it up to the next level with how generous Erie is. 
you, you know, I mean, big corporations are not generally agile like you were in basically a 48-hour moment. Uh, talk about what it took to say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to totally pivot here. You know, it's, uh, it was a Sunday drive with my wife where she said to me, why don't you use Erie Gibbs to help this family? We're very close with Chevy Overton, a 39-year co-worker of us at UPMC Hammond. And we had people reaching out to us already. How can we help Chevy? How can we help these families? And it was very fluid, as you can imagine. Um, but my wife said, why don't we use Erie Gibbs? And I called Mike Batchelor the next day, and I said, Mike, what do you think of this? And he embraced the idea. And they're such great partners to all of us. Um, so uh, it, I, I would love to say it was my idea. It was absolutely not. It was the smart one in the family, my wife. Um, but our team rallied, your community foundation rallied, but then the Erie community rallied. Um, so um, in the end, it was a great decision. Can't say enough about Country Fair. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're, you know, $82,000 they announced today and coffee sales for one day. Think about that. And I don't think it was people coming in and buying a dollar cup of coffee. I think they're coming in and spending $100 in a cup of coffee because yeah. they wanted to do something. Um, it's thousands of people, probably tens of thousands of people at this point who are rallying around these families and these, and, and not to forget the frontline workers who were in the middle of this. And, and um, all of us want to make sure that these families heal, but that something like this never happens again. Talk a little bit about the excitement of hitting that refresh button and seeing those totals go. I, you, you had to be jazzed. We were blown away. <laughs> uh, all, day, all day long, we were blown away. I mean, I, I said out loud, last year the Hammond Health Foundation had 41 donors. Right. Uh, to have nearly 700 this year, mind-boggling, mind-boggling. And, and we, we um, were excited all day. You know, but a somber excitement, if yeah. that makes sense, you know. But... but uh, we know that the generosity of this community has helped these families immensely. One of the things that right out of the gate we were able to do is provide what I call, you know, um, almost, almost royalty, the way these kids' funeral went. I mean, they, they, you know, we spared no expense to make sure they had funerals that their families could remember them so well by. And um, heartbreaking um, and heartwarming all at the same time, if that makes sense. Thank you so much, Boo. Appreciate, you know, your leadership and help. I think you gave an avenue for people to express their grief. Well, um, you know, it's funny, unintended consequences. You really don't know what's going to happen with an idea. And um, this one, I don't want to say shocked us, uh, but at the same time, we were blown away by the generosity. After the news, we're going to... Go after the community college and get the update. Here's who our guests are. Uh, we pre-recorded a, a conversation with Gary Lee. Gary has been a part of the conversations with the MPRC to kind of move um, this workforce development piece and this community college piece forward in a way that would get us the outcome that we're desiring, which is a bit more higher education for the Erie community. And so. Uh, he's been involved with this since, uh, um, you know, late last year. Uh, so, so at least eight, nine months, right? And then at 4.30, we're going to have on, on the phone, we're going to call Carl Anderson, who, again, has been kind of the lead from the uh, Erie County Council uh, point of view. And here, um, you just kind of hear his comments and, you know, we'll... Uh, We'll make sure that uh, we get a better understanding about this, uh, you know, um, between 
uh, be- between the, the, the pullout of the negotiations by the NPRC, uh, preceded by a, um, <laughs> by a, a very powerful uh, op-ed piece by Pat Howard in the newspaper on Sunday, preceded by a very powerful guest editorial and open letter to Governor Wolf, which was in the paper, like, I think, Saturday or Friday. Uh, and, um, you know, and just all this back and forth, we've got to understand where this whole thing is at. And of course I'm here in the comments, you know, and some from my friends of that. This is just some kind of a, uh, a, a boondoggle for, you know, connected people to get a job. And so we'll have to ask about that question as well. So I don't think that's the case. All I know is there needs to be a low cost way for people to go beyond 12th grade and get the skills of today and tomorrow that are needed to keep this a dynamic place to live, work, and play. That's all I'm looking for. News is next on the Joel Natale Show on the all-new TalkEerie.com. Tell a friend about TalkEerie. All righty, so the topic at hand is this community college. It's the Northern Pennsylvania Regional College and the conversations, can you kind of bring us back again to, um, you know, to when we started talking to the NPRC about maybe a connection and working together because our community college um, application wasn't going anywhere. Can you give us some background that way? Sure, absolutely, Joe. So um, the latter part of last year, in fact, December of 2018, uh, the county administration, uh, when I say the county administration, uh, the Dog Kemper administration, uh, began sitting down talking with uh, the Northern Pennsylvania Regional College. And I'll, uh, going forward, I'll just say uh, NPRC. And we, we sit down to talk with them um, really to build a relationship, to, to find out a little more about what it is that they do, and also to share with them uh, the vision for Erie County. Uh, the team that went down to meet with uh, representatives from the NPRC was uh, Jim Sparber, our director of finance, uh, Joe Maloney, uh, who is a CPA and also was the uh, accountant for county council for over 30 years, and myself. And over the course of, I would say, six months, we really were able to get a better understanding of what it is that they wanted to accomplish. Uh, we were able to share with them what we thought uh, Erie County needed. Um, and during those six months, the latter part of those six months, uh, we begin to put pen to paper. And when we talk about pen to paper, we, we begin to, to work on a memorandum of agreement. And in that agreement, we want had some things that we wanted to start writing down. For example, the standalone facility. We felt that Erie County needed a standalone facility. Number two, curriculum. We really wanted the, the great work that was done by Empower Erie uh, to be highlighted. And for that uh, curriculum work and curricula- curriculum development not to go to waste. Uh, then number three, board representation. And, and we talked about that in extensively about what would that look like. And out of our talks, we uh, came up with having a committee from Erie County uh, to be set up to have, uh, to be a part of uh, working with uh, NPRC. All right. So uh, that's where it went to that point. And, and just, just so that we kind of have the kind of the, the essence or the vibe of these conversations. Uh, again, it's been in the, in, in the media like crazy, you know, that Erie County has 
more potential students, more population than all the other counties combined. Are they happy to have Erie included in the NPRC uh, footprint? Uh, yes, they are. Um, our talks with NPRC is that they were ecstatic uh, that Erie County, um, let me back up a little bit, Joel. Yeah. So er- Erie County is a part of the uh, NPRC uh, original footprint. So they represent nine counties, and Erie happened to be one of them. Now, our county, meaning Erie County, is different uh, than the other eight counties. So this is why we engaged and sat down and talked with them about setting up a potential that would look a little differently for Erie County. And out of those talks, and you've heard about it and others have heard about it, we talked about a workforce development center. And the workforce development center it's part of the community college. I mean, there's been some talk, oh, would that replace a community college? Is it separate? No, no, it is a part of the community college. What the Workforce Development Center is, and by the way, we've got this concept from Allegheny County, who did a study as far as the trends of most successful community colleges around the country. And this is the model that they are beginning to use, where you have a Workforce Development Center with high-tech um, uh, subjects and majors, whether it's uh, IT, welding, healthcare initiatives, um, surgical, uh, medical assistance, things of those nature would be a part of this workforce development center. And in that center, you would have employees, or not, excuse me, not employees, but students trained. And the hopes would be that once they complete their training, whether it's a certificate program, whether it's an associate degree program, once they complete that training, they could go work for an employer seamlessly. So they were there on that Friday, they graduated on that Saturday, on that Monday they go right into their job, and they are able to pick up and work with the same type of equipment that they were trained on. So, so you know, that's always been, uh, you know, the idea from the county side, but has that necessarily been, yeah, I mean, were they amenable to that on the NPRC side? So that's a good question. So one of the, in our discussions with NPRC, uh, this would be away from their current model. So they were interested and they were definitely um, engaged in really uh, developing and working with us on this concept. So we viewed this as a, a hybrid, if you will, mm-hmm. where we would have the hands-on workforce development and then NPRC would be able to do uh, their classroom training via video, via uh, uh, on the cloud uh, as they do now. So it's going to be a hybrid of the two. And so, okay, so we were going forward, and then at some point, um, uh, from it went from y- your uh, trio of folks in the negotiations to county council. Can you explain again what happened there, and and then the uh, I, and a totally different memorandum was uh, generated? Absolutely. So, <clears throat> as you stated. Uh, it was with the uh, trio that we were working with under the administration, and then it evolved into um, county council engaging themselves. Now, I, I need to step back up, uh, Joel, and, and share with you that as it pertains to county council, uh, the Dalkeeper administration, we were engaging and letting county council know where we were with these talks. You were giving them updates and things. That is correct. That is correct. Now, initially, uh, the updates were... A vague because they were vague because we only knew at that particular time what we could report was vague. But as they become became a little more decisive and we, we obtained more information, and as we began to put pen to paper, then we fully began to engage council to let them know 
what route, what direction we were attempting to go. All right. So uh, so it, br- it came to council and then we started seeing, well, uh, some more demands and, and, you know, the money situation became a little bit different. And that seemed to really uh, sour. And I, I don't want to put words in the NPRC, but, uh, you know, you had basically the tale of two memorandum. Uh, we did. So our memorandum that was put down by the Dog Timber Administration was a very general memorandum, a, a framework, if you will. And we got pushed back and, and actually some criticism about the framework was too elusive. It wasn't detailed enough. Well, here's the thing. We wanted it to be um, uh, open. And the reason for that, we were looking to at least get both parties to the table. And now we're going to start working with things in writing. So because of that, we didn't want it to be as detailed because we wanted this to evolve with NPRC in Erie County. We did not commit to any costs. Um, now, going with NPRC, it had been stated that it, we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't have to utilize as much of taxpayer money, and that part is definitely true. Um, at some point, uh, Erie County would have to invest in the equipment and, and so forth, or at least part of the equipment. But those details were going to be worked out um, as we met with NPRC, as we got more uh, individuals from the community involved. All this was going to be devo- uh, developed through this memorandum of agreement that we had. Uh, we're talking to Gary Lee, the director of administration here for uh, Erie County. Um, we're talking about the community college and uh, where where it sits right now. So uh, the second memorandum comes up. We've had a couple of public hearings. We've had some public um, displays of of uh, of criticism. You know, where do we stand right now as we sit here on a Tuesday at the end of August? So where we stand, as you know, uh, NPRC has decided not to engage and enter into a, a MOA with the county at this time. Um, they have stated that they're going to continue on servicing Erie County. Now, what that looks like, um, we would like to know a little more uh, of that, meaning the administration would like to get more information. So we're going to be reaching out to uh, NPRC, to their officials, and, and, and requesting a meeting to sit down and just get a better uh, vision of what it is that you're going to do now that we're not engaging in the MOA. Uh, so that's where we are from that particular point. Uh, the second point, um, and I think it's very important to, to mention this, is that the application that was submitted June 30th, 2017, to the State Board of Education, that application is still pending. Um, it is still going through the review process. It has been, um, we felt politics has tied it down as far as the process, but that application has not been it is still being reviewed. Um, so we're going to um, go back and find out, you know, where they stand. When I say where they, Harrisburg stands as far as in their review. The, I mean, do you feel like, and we've got about a minute or two before our break, do you feel like that, um, that there was a monkey wrench with all the additional requests and that, and, and that the NPRC has been spooked and the other question is, um, you know, what about the board members that sit on the NPRC that represent Erie County? What has been their input to you? Um, okay, so why don't we start with your second question, and I'll yeah. work back to the first one. So we, when I say we, the representatives from the Dog Kipper administration uh, that consisted of Mr. Sparber, Mr. Maloney, and myself, we had been uh, 
building that relationship with the uh, board chairperson, uh, Ms. Kate Brock, um, as well as uh, their chief of staff for the NPRC, uh, Dwayne uh, Vicente, and then Andy Foyle, who's a the representative as far as a board member for Erie County. So we had been talking with the three of them, and Andy speaking on behalf of Erie County, um, and he was very hopeful um, in the approach of the Workforce Development Center. So um, we had uh, Andy engage as far as what it was that we were thinking about. The first part of your question, as far as uh, going back to uh, the uh, the agreement and, and the MOA um, and the input on that, we really felt that um, more time could have been done or could have been invested with the, the revised uh, MOA. The revised MOA was, uh, from our perspective, really put too much in too soon. And what I mean by too much too soon, I, I guess I should back up and say that it really should have been talked about uh, between the two parties. Definitely the items in there and the uh, stipulations uh, were good stipulations, but I, I think it's fair to say that we, when I say we, the small group that represented the county, we had talked about each and every one of those stipulations in detail. So we felt that we uh, we could have added uh, probably a little more insight into the revised MOA. So I think it would have been probably a little more um, beneficial if uh, the some of the members from council would have engaged uh, the administration team that had been talking with them the last six months. Gary, you you started the, with the conversation with saying you reached out to uh, the NPRC back in late 2018. It was the summer of 2017 when the original community college um, uh, presentation was built. You know, it was several months before that, you know, to get all the due diligence. This thing's been going on a long time. It really has been. Um, It's been going on. I've been involved uh, for the last two and a half years. And as you know, it's been other individuals that have been involved in this for the last uh, five to 10 years. All right. I, I, I want to bring up just some, some of the, the, the points here. First point I want to uh, ask about is the, um, the concerns of the, of the concerned clergy of Erie. Uh, I thought they had a very provocative uh, or, or very powerful um, uh, letter to Governor Wolf that was printed in uh, the weekend paper. Uh, and, and that whole other level, I like to use the word matriculation of of t- have having a child who maybe just kind of graduated, but now they've got to get a job and a community college could really set them loose because education is, is, is part of empowerment. Uh, absolutely, Joel. Um, so to, to the letter that was prepared by the African-American clergymen and some of the African-American leaders in the African-American community for Erie, um, the points that were articulated in that letter were definitely very, very good points. Um, what I would like to point out is that we view, when I say we, the administration views this community college as a community college for the entire county. Um, and in that, you have different parts of the county that are going to need special training, um, special assistance. We definitely get that, and we know that that's a component that has to be added. Is that part of the the purview and the mission of the MPRC as it stands, or would it have to be an add-on, would you say? Uh, they do have that currently. However, for Erie County, it would have to be developed more. It would definitely have to be developed more. Um, 
but in that, so there's there's a part when we go back, and I'm going to go back to um, the letter. So the letter from the African American, um, some of the leaders um, brought up some very very good points. What I was sharing is that you know when we look at it, when I say we the administration, we look at it as a as a, a school for everyone in the county, um, and we know that you know from my personal perspective, I think one of the uh, the biggest issues facing um, the the nation, the state, um, in Erie County is classism. So you you have uh, your uh, lower class, you have your working class, you have your middle class, you have your upper middle class, upper upper class. You have all these classisms, and that continues to separate us. So what I'm simply saying is that we have identified that some, whether it's Union City, whether it's Cory, whether it's Northeast Borough, there are pockets of the county that need that special assistance just as much, and in some cases, maybe even more um, than the urban parts of the city. Now, in saying that, I'm not minimizing, by no means am I minimizing about what's happening in some parts of uh, the city of Erie, and some of these students really would be able to benefit. I'm not minimizing that at all, but I'm saying that we have to have a global approach where we don't leave anyone out, and that whether you're living in the city of Erie or whether you're living in Cory or Union City, you're going to be able to get the help that is needed to take you to the next level from a career development perspective. Let's talk about the politics of it as, as we pivot here. Um, you know, at the, at the uh, public hearing that was at the Jefferson in mid-July, you had the entire uh, legislative um, contingent from Erie County rise in support of the collaboration with the MPRC. And, uh, you know, that was not looked too favorably by the African-American clergy. And, and it also, I think, was a point of frustration for the original Empower Erie. Let's talk about Senator Scarnati and, you know, and just just the politics of this all. Are they totally uh, 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 are they totally uh, a difficult thing to get through or uh, intractable is the word I'm looking for? Well, you know, um, uh, politics has definitely entered into the process. Uh, there's no doubt about that, uh, Joel. Um, getting to the the state representatives, and, and they came out in support of the um, potential partnership with NPRC. Um, I think what, what the reason for that, and you can speak with um, each and every one of them where they would be able to articulate, but I think one of the main reasons was the climate that is down there in Harrisburg, and they know the climate that they're working within, and they just really felt that this would be the best option in order for us to move forward and really get the type of training that we need for our citizens. Okay. The um, We've just got a, like a minute or two left before this next break. The uh, you, You've got the Empower Erie folks, right? And again, uh, not many of them were involved in your negotiation. Uh, can you, I mean, what kind of conversations or where, where, where can we kind of grab the best of the, of the application and maybe revive, you know, this thing to move forward? Or, or is this like, are we at square one here? I wouldn't say that we're at square one. Um, what I would say is that, you know, each day, each hour, each minute that we stay as far as are we invest in, in, in debating and going back and forth on this particular model, that type of model, we become further and further behind in having that infrastructure from a community college uh, perspective. So time is of the essence. Um, we definitely have to get it right, but time is of the essence to get that infrastructure in place. 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's really about the end game here, isn't it, Gary? The idea that um, we've got students, we've got young people that are 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 don't have a way forward, uh, and uh, what you know what can they do? And and as long as this drags out, I guess my last question to you is: Does Erie deserve a community college? Absolutely, yes. We definitely deserve a community college. Um, we deserve a standalone community college. Now, what that looks like, whether it's partnering with uh, someone like NPRC or whether it's a standalone by Erie completely uh, being by themselves, we need that community college here. And we don't need it tomorrow. We need it now. And as I stated, you've had people that have been working on this drill for over 10 years. Um, we have to reach a point in Erie that we say now is the time to get this community college up and going. We have to have it. We have to continue to work diligently. We have to make sure that our elected leaders, our public officials are engaged and everyone is on the same page. And when I say everyone, I won't leave off the business community because they have been the ones that have been driving and giving us uh, feedback as far as exactly what it is that they need. Yeah, it, it, it seems like somebody's get, I mean, the, the county executive has, has put a lot of resources towards trying to make this happen. But there seems to be like there might need to be another level. Maybe the governor needs to step in. Maybe uh, maybe another consortium, another whack at it needs to happen to say, you know, what, what's going to get this thing over the uh, over the goal line? Well, Joe, you, you know, we, we got to get everyone on the same page. I mean. Nothing's going to be perfect. And, and, you know, and that's one of the things that I found out very uh, vividly and it came to um, very clear to me that nothing's going to be perfect and you have to start somewhere. And this is hence the reason why we were open uh, to sitting down with NPRC in the very beginning, because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that our residents, that our students are getting the type of opportunity. And that's the key, the opportunity to really develop their careers through education. Four-year schools, God bless us, we have great schools around here, and I'm not going to name them all. We have great schools, but everyone, for whatever reason, everyone is not, uh, may not select to go to a four-year school, may not have the means to go to a four-year school, may not have an interest to go to a four-year school, but everyone deserves an opportunity and a chance to develop his or her skill set to the best of their ability, and we feel the community college can do that. We've got on the phone with us uh, Erie County Councilman uh, Carl Anderson. How are you doing this afternoon, Carl? I'm doing well. I'm I'm, I'm doing I'm doing fine. I uh, went to the SeaWolves game last night, packed house, but we we didn't get a win. But uh, we're hoping for the best for the playoffs. Uh, I want to uh, kind of get you in on this conversation. Uh, of course, uh, the, it broke over the weekend that the um, that the back and forth talks with the uh, the the county council's kind of task force group was no longer to, going to be uh, communicated with or uh, discussed with with the MPRC, the Northern Pennsylvania Regional College. All right, so right from there, uh, push back if I uh, characterized it incorrectly here. Where where are, is that relationship at right now with the MPRC and your group? Well, as, as I said, I guess I have to say, uh, you know, repeatedly that I'm, I'm certainly stunned and disappointed. Uh, disappointed in the fact that we've been working very hard on the task force uh, representing uh, Erie County Council, who represents the taxpayers of Erie County, 
to get to a place where we understood exactly what uh, they were attempting to move forward as a relationship uh, situation. And the uh, MOA, uh, so I guess I have to say stunned in the fact that they are now coming back and claiming that anything in the MOA was unacceptable to them because everything that county council put in the MOA was exactly what was told to us by the county executive, uh, state uh, legislative elective leaders, uh, the uh, state administration, local business leaders was going to be the, the, uh, the agreement or the deal in being able to uh, put this uh, collaboration together and stunned in the fact that uh, we were talking just two weeks ago uh, about the MOA that was passed. I thought we had a very positive conversation with the NPRC folks down in Warren when we went there August 9th. And subsequently, there was to be a follow-up meeting in Erie, uh, which they had asked me to send them a an agenda, uh, which I had sent out on Friday uh, with no indication that, that they weren't going to uh, pick a date this week to be in Erie. Uh, and then all of a sudden, a Sunday at 4:30, I, I received uh, the email that I did. Do you do you can can you speculate what the trigger was? Uh, I mean, there was kind of a uh, a cavalcade. Whether it was the letter to the open letter to Governor Wolf from the the uh, concerned African American clergy, there was the op-ed piece in the Erie Times News by Pat Howard. Uh, do you think that the press just got a little bit too hot for? And again, it's hard to uh, interpolate what what a, another organization is uh, trying to indicate. But you, you you were in these conversations. If we were that close, why would they be spooked now? Uh, well, or was it something larger than that? What was it that um, they anticipated that they were going to be able to uh, to come to Erie County and? Uh, strictly work with the administration and just roll over county council uh, with no pushback. Uh, and, and certainly my, my colleagues uh, represent the taxpayers of Erie County. They're, they're not going to allow that to happen. Uh, the ne one negotiating uh, chip that we had was having our college application uh, still pending at the, the uh, Board of Education. And the original MOA was demanding that we removed that before the ink was even dry on the, the signatures. And uh, county council certainly wasn't going to be tricked by that or moved by that. And uh, so I, I have to question whether the motives uh, were genuine uh, originally or whether they were just trying to get us to remove our college application and whether these other uh, developments that happened were, were just an excuse uh, and, and that was their uh, actual sticking point was the fact that uh, we had called them out on uh, adding, uh, you know, meat to uh, to the negotiations uh, to what the promises were supposed to be and that we wouldn't remove our college application immediately. All right. J j with all due respect, sir, uh, I just want to make sure I understand, though, do we really have. Um, any leverage here since the, the, the community college application as good and as well-crafted as it was, as, as fair as it is, as, as much of a, a right that Erie County has, 
if we can't get the state legislators, including the entire Erie County legislative um, uh, representatives who said, you know, sign with MPRC uh, because our application's not going anywhere. Do is is that application any kind of leverage at all at this point? Well, it is leverage, or they wouldn't have asked us to remove it. I mean, that that's the simple fact there. Now, let's talk about the broader issues of of the uh, you know state politics. Uh, of course, there's um, the, the application is uh, in limbo at this point, and. I, along with my colleagues and, and several other people in the community, believe that if we could come to an agreement uh, to create a positive and true uh, partnership with them, then that path of least resistance and trying to you know, wait to see whether or not the Department of Education and the Board of Education act in a, acts at all or acts in a positive uh, fashion about our application, that that, that partnership uh, was more of a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, again, they, they wouldn't have asked us in, in their original MOA, or they didn't ask us, it was a demand in the MOA to remove the college application. If, if they thought it, it was dead, why, why would they have uh, put that as one of the demands? So. You know, the, the whole idea was that we were uh, this compromise was to, to remove our application. And the, the positive outcome was to be to get a community college up and running with a partnership right. rather than continuing to take the chance of uh, no action or inaction or negative action uh, from the Board of Education. Did you get the sense that um, that the MPRC was willing to change their model to accommodate? This is what Gary Lee indicated to us in the last half hour. They were willing to indic- uh, to change their model to to include this workforce development space, whether it's at uh, the Preco Center or wherever. And that seems to be, you know, what's essential for the eerie version uh, of a community college. Weigh in on that. Well, I, I think to an extent we're, we're missing the point because there, there's two avenues of, of what they were willing or what, what we were told, what I've been told and my council colleagues as part of the compromise. Number one is the community college aspect of the model, which, which they have a cyber delivery model. The curriculum that was sent with the college application was a, a more hands-on, in-person, uh, teacher-student, uh, bricks-and-mortar type delivery. And, and then we have the workforce development aspect of it, which is more hands-on, uh, you know, technology-driven. Our understanding was the hybrid model was going to be they were willing to accept in Erie County the curriculum delivery system that needed to occur in a bricks and mortar facility. And we were going to include a workforce development center. They were still going to deliver their cyber model uh, throughout their network. Um, but they, they were willing to, to, to work with 
the in-person delivery system in Erie County. And in fact, in the meeting that we had on uh, August 9th, one of the most positive things that the uh, NPR officials, NPRC officials said was that they felt that the curriculum that was presented in the college application was by far and above uh, exactly what Erie County should have, was exactly uh, what, what was anticipated, and that they would uh, support and deliver that curriculum as it was written in the college application. Wow. Okay. So, so we it sounded like we were on a on a positive trajectory, um, but now we're not. And so, what do you think next steps are? What do you, what do you what what's your goal? Uh, like at the moment. Well, as the representative of of my colleagues on county council to the task force, uh, it's my job now to go back to my colleagues and report to them at a public meeting, um, the things that have transpired in the last three weeks. And, and as, as you just recognized, I mean, I, I thought when council gave the signal that in a 5-2 vote, we were supporting uh, an, an MOA, we were supporting uh, a, a partnership, a collaboration, uh, but we were putting the details in uh, that, that we had been informed were part of the deal and felt that for the, the betterment of the taxpayers of Erie County, all of those details needed to be spelled out because the promise was that there would be no taxpayer money spent for at least the first five years. Mm. And, and we wanted to ensure that that was exactly what everybody was agreeing to. Uh, we thought when we got to that point and went and met with the NPRC folks that they were going to be uh, open to that and uh, and glad that we had gotten counsel to that point and showed uh, that we were uh, on par to collaborate. Uh, and and all of us that were there, which included myself, Ron Nicola, Joe Maloney, and Jim Sparber, all came away from that meeting thinking we've made some really positive steps forward and we're looking forward to this meeting in Erie. Now, the meeting couldn't occur last week because Dr. Nairn was on vacation, so that's why it was set to occur this week. Uh, and, and then, like I said, on Sunday, they, uh, they had sent that email. Just another, uh, just maybe a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but it, it comes from some of the conversations I've been having on the show here. Uh, insofar as is that it, there, there seems to be this desire um, and I don't know where it comes from, but this concept that uh, that we can get this this uh, educational institution uh, without any taxpayer outlay. You just mentioned that we weren't supposed to have use any taxpayer money for the first five years. Now, I know that there's you know, there's uh, gambling money and there's uh, Erie Community Foundation money and so on that's sitting out there in a fund. Um, uh, is that what that is that what we're referring to uh, or? We're talking about a, a whole different pot of cash that would cover this because, again, everybody else has to pay for their community college. Well, no, they don't pay. They receive state funding. Understood that, but the, to, receive, the build out they first. Seven, they receive $17 million a year to operate their, their community college. 
and they receive, uh, there's roughly about five million, four, four and a half million per year in, in capital improvement money. So the other 14 community colleges receive roughly about $21 million a year mm-hmm. under the, the statewide community college act. But, but let me back up to, to answer your question and, and say, look, we have to all be honest here. All, at least 90% of this money is all taxpayer money in one form or the other. When, when I say no taxpayer money, what I was saying, and I should have qualified this and what the agreement was supposed to be, it's no local Erie County taxpayer money that comes out of the general fund of Erie County. Okay. So, and NPRC receives their funding from the state legislature. That's all, that's all Pennsylvania's taxpayer money. And by the way, Erie County residents pay into that money that NPRC is receiving. The $15 million that the governor uh, was setting aside in RCAP money uh, is taxpayer money. Erie County residents have paid into the state to have that money. The community college budget Two hundred and eighty plus million dollars, if you include the capital portion of it, all of that is Pennsylvania taxpayer money, including Erie County residents' money. Erie County does not get any of that money coming back. Fourteen other areas of the state get that money coming back to them. The other portion of the funding is is local philanthropic money. Uh, and that was going to be uh, set aside uh, for uh, the student, paying the student portion uh, of the community college uh, full tuition, which is re- roughly one, one-third. And uh, the local philanthropic community had, had given us strong signals that they were going to make scholarship money available in the first five years okay. to help get this up and running so Erie County students could attend for free. Gotcha. The you know, let's look at let's let's back up and and refocus on you know really what the mission what the desired outcome is and that is is to have uh you know these these young ones who are leaving twelfth grade who need some kind of higher education but at an affordable cost or they may need some matriculation that they just need extra help to get to that next level, whether they live in the East County or West County or in the urban uh, area, the core, you know, they're, they're, this, this is important stuff. And then there's the whole concept of, you know, there's layoffs and somebody needs to be retrained. And so uh, that, you know, that's what you're talking about by the, by the hybrid, right? The, uh, the bricks and mortar uh, community college deal and the workforce development part of this, Uh, you know, how, you know, do you think there's still a way forward in some kind of agreement with what NPRC is offering, or do you think we would ever get this um, standalone community college uh, out of Harrisburg and and start being built? What's your What's your thoughts? Well, I've I've always been for a standalone community college. Erie. Is the fourth largest city in Pennsylvania. We we equally deserve what the, the rest of the state has. We we've had, you know, the past people didn't believe in creating a community college here. 
We've had a couple of failed efforts in the recent past to try and make it happen. This, this is the closest we've ever gotten uh, to ensuring that we have community college education here. I can tell you from my standpoint, I'm not going to stop fighting. I'm going to continue uh, to, to work towards community college fashion in some form. If it's not a collaboration with NPRC, perhaps there's other people, but uh, we, we've done what we were asked to do by the state, and that is uh, look to a partnership uh, to, to create, get something started and create something uh, here in Erie County while our application is being stalled. We didn't walk away from the negotiations, NPRC did. So that should be a strong signal to the state, to the administration, to the legislature, and to the Board of Education, uh, and the, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the people in the Department of Education, that they need to act on our application, our college application. They can't just let it sit there in limbo, uh, whether it's voted up or down. At this point, uh, this should be a signal that they need to take action. We're going to leave that and let that be the last word. We really appreciate your time. Uh, uh, County Council person uh, Carl Anderson uh, here and as a spokesperson of getting this community college thing going and dealing with the hand that he's been dealt with. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Anderson. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate that. All righty. We have more ahead on the Joel Natale program at 453 now on TalkEerie.com. Getting a little warm in here as we talk about the community college and kind of, you know, the frustration level on a couple counts. And I'll talk a little bit more as we come back at it, but, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's 679-1080. Uh, we're, we're about a, a, a minute before the news, but um, maybe you could weigh in on our Facebook feed or give me a call after the news uh, uh, after five. But gosh, you know, uh, it's hard to hear from the county level such um, lack of coordination as, as what seems to be indicated here is that, um, you know, that the administration was going to get a, an agreement and roll over. This, that, was the, that was the term that uh, uh, Councilman Anderson used, uh, roll over county council who represents the taxpayers. Well, so does the administration represent the taxpayers too? I, I, I you know, I think there's there's um, some pragmatism and some, you know, uh, desire to just get an outcome, you know, because of just the frustration of of this uh, uh, of basically Senator Scarnati saying, you know, to the, the Department of Education, you're not going to pass that, or or we don't want to divide up the money or have to pay more money for Erie County to get its own standalone community college, which we're desperate for. I mean, uh, this is, I think, and maybe we'll have to pull out um, uh, the uh, letter that um, the concerned clergy, the African-American concerned clergy sent to Governor Wolf uh, uh, that was printed in the newspaper. I think we need to kind of read from that a little bit because um, the, the keys in that, are huge. And yes, you know, um, the experience of people living in the urban core of a, of a, of a, of an urbanized community like Erie 
are different than when you live in Johnsonburg or Warren or, um, you know, St. Mary's. I'm sorry. It's just a different uh, around here. And so we need to make sure that we are doing what we can, uh, you know, to abide by our young people. It's all about the young people. 